Did you know that hell is a real place and real people are going there? Hell is a real place and real people are going there. And I, I know we don't like to think about that. I mean, people don't even want you to talk to them about hell. In fact, I've seen um, uh, on the street interviews and most people think that, uh, that we create our own hell, that hell is already here on earth. But listen, uh, I would encourage you to uh, YouTube some ministries that where people have gone to hell and they are sent back to tell us that it's real. And um, talking about hell, the Bill Weiss, Weiss or Weiss, I'm not sure how you say it. He, he was taken to hell for 23 minutes. And just, just a picture, I encourage every Christian to, especially if, you, if you're living in the blessings of the Lord and you're living in heavenly places, if you will, if you're living the life that God has for us, then we need to, uh, we need to um, expand our horizons, if you will, and know that there is a real place called hell and real people are going there, and we want to make a difference to to interrupt that. So they the, and to snatch them out of that fire. You know that was part of uh, Jude. I don't think we got to it last time, where it says, "Beloved, building yourselves up." This is Jude chapter twenty. Beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost for somebody. Keep yourselves, attend to and guard yourself carefully, attend to yourself carefully in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by their flesh. So you can hate the sin, but still do acts of love towards the person through your prayer life. And and another part of our prayer life is, uh, you know, the church of Jesus Christ is anticipating, the bride of Christ is anticipating the return of the bridegroom, is anticipating the return of Christ and a rapture, a taking up out of all the darkness, a taking up out of all of the cataclysmic happenings in the earth where the wrath of God will be poured out. The church is anticipating a removal, if you will. And so um, we want to... Um, uh, rescue as many people as we can. And, and, and I said to the Lord one day, I said, Lord, I, th- I thought we were going to miss a lot of this stuff, you know, because we're having pandemics and tornadoes and all kinds of wars and rumors of wars. And I, I really thought we would miss a lot of that, more, a lot more of it than we have. Let's put it like that. And I felt like he just said to me, I want to leave you there as long as I possibly can because these people really need prayer. And he quickened to me that our prayers now will stay through the tribulation. They'll still be prayed. Their prayers are an eternal thing. And they're, they're, into, they're out into the atmosphere. They're eternal, especially if you speak them out loud. Uh, and I think I would encourage us to do that, to, to pray out loud, pray in tongues out loud, speak the word of God out loud, and speak it over the particular people that you've targeted as a part of your household and speak the word out loud over them. That stays 
with them. And if they didn't get the rapture, they can have that prayer cover even in the tribulation, I believe. Now, you can ask the Lord about that. But I, I believe that our prayers are eternal and um, they will stay here. You know, I think when my mother passed on, I, I was cleaning out her things and she uh, she had written down prayers for her children. And those prayers are still working. Of course, she wrote them down, but even if she had just prayed them out, they would still be here. They're still working in our behalf. So um, snatching them out of the fire, pulling them, it says, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. So we have, we have a lot of work to do. And, you know, uh, years ago, I went to Africa. I went to South Africa, and the pastor there wanted me to visit some of his parishioners. And he took me to a lady's house, a little, um, I guess she was an Indian lady. She was a, an Indian lady, and she had no legs. She was in bed and had no legs. And he just, I, I think he wanted, wanted this rich American, everybody thinks America's rich, which we are compared to the rest of the world. So I don't, I don't begrudge that. Uh, as a side trip, God told me once, don't ever apologize for my blessings. So we don't apologize for the blessings of the Lord. We're grateful and thankful, and we want to pray and help others get in, make connection to those blessings also. But she was in bed, and, and uh, I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted to encourage her in her prayer life. Even though she was in bed with no legs, she could travel the world through her prayer life. She was a believer and she could travel the world. She could be a servant of the Most High God. She could still serve the Holy Spirit and, uh, and walk with Him and do what anybody else was doing. And so I just encouraged her in that. And so these, these prayers are um, eternal. And um, I just want to encourage you in that. I, ho I hope you made up your household, wrote down your household. I encourage you to do that. So then you don't have to just stop and think about it all the time. You can just say, Lord, my household, I hold up my household. And I put the blood of Jesus over my household because the blood is powerful. And that's what they put. Remember, in the book of Exodus, they put the blood on the doorpost, the lintels of the house, the doorpost there. And when the death angel passed over and saw the blood on the doorpost, it passed over. And so... Um, we want to. We live in a day when the death angel is passing over, and Jesus took that for us. Amen. So don't don't allow the wrath of God when Jesus already took it for you. Uh, put your confidence in the fact that He took that wrath for you. We're not a people made for wrath. We're a people made for blessing, and God has positioned us through the work of Christ on the cross. I would encourage all of us to seek the Lord about. A, a better revelation. I encourage myself even to have a better revelation of the cross of Jesus Christ and what all took place there. And I think the communion place is a good place for that. You know, when we take communion, I remember the first time uh, that I was going to serve communion. I had, I had been in ministry for a while, but I'd never let out in serving communion. So my husband was out of town and we were pastoring a church and, and I was going to have to do the communion service. And I was a little nervous about that. So I'm back reading in 1 Corinthians 11 about the communion service. And it says in there, 
that each time you do this, do this, uh, you do this in remembrance of my death. And I thought, your death? Lord, I thought we were doing it in remembrance of your life. Why would we do it in remembrance of your death? And I felt like he, he showed me that uh, our, in his death led to the resurrection. And so the, and that opened up the, the resurrection power. Every, uh, how do I put this? Every, every bit of, every source of power that God has was released in the resurrection. And there's forcefulness, there's dominion, there's dunamis miracle working power, there's authority. Every aspect, there's the, the energy for work, uh, high, high energy, every, every type, if you will, of power that God, that is God, was released in raising Jesus Christ from the dead. And so each time you take communion, uh, you're remembering that he died. And I like to take a, advantage of, the, of that and examine myself to see, uh, am I really... Um, am I really taking advantage of what he paid for? You know, it's kind of like somebody gives you a real expensive gift and you don't, you don't treat it like it's very precious or valuable. Uh, the fact that we can take communion and that <clears throat> all the resurrection power was released. And now it says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me or in you. If you've received Jesus Christ as your savior lives in you and quickens our mortal body. So the same spirit that raised him up dwells in us, quickening our mortal body. But we have to believe that. We activate that by faith. Amen. Everything in the kingdom is activated by faith. Actually, faith to the kingdom of God is like money. And so you want your faith. You want a lot of faith. You want strong faith. You want to... Uh, what, what did it say here? Keep yourselves in the love of God to watch or keep, observe, to attend to carefully, to attend to carefully. It doesn't mean to guard, but attend to yourself, keep yourselves, make sure that you, your faith level is up. And when you see it's not, you know, one thing that struck me with this COVID stuff is showing, me, showing us as Americans how sickly we are. Because I don't think COVID would have had near the effects on us if we were healthier people. Maybe I'm wrong there, but I think it's showing how how uh, insufficient our diets are, and insufficiently we are feeding ourselves wrongly. So, um, of course, now I've quit preaching, gone to meddling. So sorry. <laughs> so the things that I wanted us to tend to is what's happening in the earth today. What's happening in the earth today? Well, darkness is upon the earth. Yea, deep darkness is covering the earth. And what am I to do in the midst of it? And that's what we're talking about is our prayer life, to enhance our prayer life. God wants to, to shift us and give us a, uh, a, a better paradigm. He wants to shift our paradigm on how we look at prayer. We should look at prayer as an absolute. It's absolutely going to happen. Jesus always leads us in his victory in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of God in every place. 
We just don't have a lot of times enough information. God, the Bible says that my people perish for lack of knowledge. We're uncovered and naked. So much of the church does not even know how to um, exercise our dominion. You know, in the beginning, when God created man, he said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish. Now, that was after he came up and there was darkness everywhere and he started speaking creation into being. And then he created man and he said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish. And then he said, subdue and take dominion. So uh, if you're going to be fruitful, multiply and replenish, you better learn how to subdue and take dominion because the devil will come in and take it all away from you and mess up, mess up your sandbox if, if you don't learn how to subdue and take dominion. So talking about hell as a real place and real people are going there, let's, let's uh, en enlarge our vision here about what hell is. Hell is dark. It's a dark place where God is light. Hell is death, and death has a stench to it, you know? So it's got to have a stenchy smell to it. Now, we're talking about somebody going there forever. And if you ever, I would encourage you to, to YouTube hell and listen to some different people that have experienced it and uh, find out, uh, and I would say this Bill Weiss, he's done a great job of putting together, and he's loaded with scriptures about it. Uh, where Jesus uh, talks about it, and that's what I'm drawing from here. Hell is dark, God is light. De hell is death, God is life. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Hell is hatred. We see a lot of hatred going on in the world today. So hell is manifesting itself in the earth today, even as we speak. God is love, and God is manifesting himself in the earth today. Heaven and hell are meeting in earth today. Kingdom versus kingdom. Heaven and hell. And so hell has no mercy to it. And God's mercy is in the heavens. See, we're, 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 try, we're bringing ourselves into a knowledge of truth for our prayer life. I mean, I would not want Hitler to go to hell, even though he did probably and need, needed to but hell was not created for man hell was created for the devil and his angels but man who is still attached to his sin will end up going that direction because he's attached to those demons through through sin and so um in hell there's no strength and god gives strength in heaven there's no water and there's no peace and i heard one man preach once there's no uh music there's no comfort. There's no nurturing. It's just harsh and gross. And this is the worst part. It's forever. It is forever. So I encourage us to target someone and snatch them out of the fire. Keep ourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. Others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted under the flesh. Let me finish up with um, a few scriptures. This is what's really been on my mind a lot lately, too, is 
the scripture in uh, Isaiah 59, 16. It says, Yea, truth yea, truth faileth, and he that departs from evil makes himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. And he saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and an helmet of salvation upon his head, and he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing, and was clad with zeal as with a cloak. So God looked for a, a, an intercessor. We, we see, and I, and I hear some Christians even crying for judgment, on, and, and sometimes you're tempted to do so yourself on what's going on. But stop and think, hell is an eternal place. It's dark, death, stench forever. It's, you know, it's not something you're going to get out of ever. And um, so, and the fact is when you have pity on the poor, and you'd have to be poor to be going to hell, a poor of spirit. When you have pity on the poor, you're joining forces with the Lord. I have to stop and remind myself that in Ephesians 1, it tells us that from before the foundation of the world, God knew he had a plan and a destiny for every human being that's born. And the Father's heart is hurting over this. And so that's what, we're, do, we're not doing this to be good Christians. We're not doing this because we love somebody even. We can, uh, we can have a soulish affinity and a love for somebody and do it for that. But I'm telling you, that will run dry when the devil gets through boxing your ears if you're trying to get them set free those demons will uh, turn on you and then, and then you won't care. So, but when we, when we set our um, minds toward this is for the father's sake, this is for Jesus sake. When we see Jesus on that cross, paying the price, paying such a high price for these souls to not go to hell, then we can stand. You can stand forever when you're doing it for the glory of God. So I, I encourage us with that. But he, in, in Isaiah 59, if you read that chapter, before you get to verse 16, he's talking about all kinds of ugly stuff going on. If you think it's bad in today's world, it was going on back in those days in Israel's world. And he says, truth fails. He that departs from evil makes himself a prey. In other words, trying to depart from evil, you're going to get your ears boxed by the devils. And the Lord saw it and it displeased him that there was no judgment. He wanted, he, wanted his, he wanted a man like himself in a sense that could discern good from evil, the precious from the worthless, and knew, would know how to um, deal with that issue. And because we have the spirit of the living God in us and we have a Holy Spirit that's called to walk alongside us, and, and help us and teach us and train us and tell us things that we don't know and things to come. Because we have that, we can be that man for the Lord. And he saw there was no man and wondered that there was that man, meaning either are, male or female. There was no intercessor. And therefore his arm brought salvation unto him in his righteousness. It sustained him. And he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. So there you have um, an awareness that in order to do this kind of prayer that we're talking about, 
you need your helmet of salvation. You need to know who you are in Christ. You need to know what he did at the cross. You need to have on your breastplate of righteousness. In other words, you can't be living in sin and think you're going to go attack the devil because he will beat you on that level. You have to be on the high plains of walking in righteousness. And you were given a robe of righteousness. Just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. So um, you, you can't bypass your walk of righteousness and get involved in the armies of God. Uh, I would encourage you not to do that. Actually, I was at a prayer meeting one time years ago, and um, this guy, he was, he, you know, when I was growing up, we had a Great Dane as far as a dog, and, and when my kids were growing up, we had Doberman Pinchers. Now, these dogs would want to crawl up in your lap and and let you pet them. But I always remembered if they ran off and I went to get them and bring them home, when I'm pulling on them, I always remembered this is a Doberman Pinscher. And as nice as he could be, he was still a Doberman Pinscher. And so you respect that. And you respect the fact that even though the devil's been dealt with by Christ at the cross, He's still the devil and he will deceive you and box your ears if you're not doing it, if you're not um, walking right with God. So the righteousness part is very important that we keep and the helmet of salvation. He's, he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as with a cloak. You know, when you get into the Holy Spirit, the zeal of God comes upon you, and oh my goodness, it is it is uh, great. But anyway, I was saying that some people are um, looking at the judgment. Yes, there is judgment going on on the earth today. I don't deny that. But what are we to do in the midst of that judgment? We're to um, uh, allow the intercessor to pray through us and to deliver people. Here is Ezekiel, and we'll finish with this, Ezekiel twenty-two thirty. Uh, oh, I didn't write it down. i got to look it up. I looked for a man among them who would stand in the gap and build up the hedge. Amen. You remember that one? 2230. Here it is. Um, all in the early part of 22, chapter 22, he's talking about how the wickedness of the priest. the wickedness. So the fact that wickedness is happening in the earth is not a surprise. It's happening in the earth. You face, you know, I've found when you are praying that you you face the sin, acknowledge the sin, and deal with the sin. And that's what Jesus provided at the cross, a place to put sin. And and the sin means wherever they've missed the mark of of the anointing. They've missed that mark. And so uh in the midst of all this wickedness, this is what the Lord's answer to. So I'll leave you with this, just in the midst of all the darkness, yay, deep darkness is on the earth, all the darkness and the wickedness that's happening in our, in our world today. And trust me, from the time that I was younger and to now, things have really changed a lot. There's a lot of wickedness going on. But in the midst of all of that, what does God have to say about this? He's been through this. His nation, his people went through this and they were all wicked and the priests were bad and the people were bad and it was gross darkness. And look what he said. I sought for a man. This is Ezekiel twenty-two thirty. I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap 
before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads with the Lord, saith the Lord our God. So that's, and that, that was the same thing in Isaiah 59. He was surprised that there was no man and wondered why there was no intercessor. Why was there no intercessor? Well, let's be one. You know, uh, I looked up that word intercessor and it has to do with uh, this new word came impinge. And, and I saw it as a, as an intercessor. If you start praying and interceding for someone, get your, get your whole mind focused on them and the, God's love for them and their destiny that God has intended them to have. Get your mind on that as you pray. And if you don't pray in other tongues, the, the Bible has, the, the Apostle Paul has many prayers in the New Testament in Ephesians 1 and 3, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians. Look in those books and find those prayers and pray that for your person. God wants to, to he wants to, uh, to loose them and set them free. You know how you, uh, I, I saw this the other day, a screen door has a, a little hook that you can hook that screen door. He wants you to find out where that hook is in that person's life and unhook it. He's going to show you how to unhook it and open that door so the Holy Ghost can come through and bring them into the place that he has for them. So they don't go to a place that is dark, death, hatred, no must, no mercy, no strength, no water, no peace. Amen. I'm excited. I'm excited for the people that you're going to set free. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. These people may even hear you next time. The next time that you try to share your faith with them, they, they might, they, they can hear you now. They couldn't hear you before because they were in bondage. Deaf and dumb spirits were on them. Spirits of bitterness and offense were on them. And because you sought the Holy Spirit in their behalf, and you paid attention. It's not just a like, well, Lord, whatever. No, say, Lord, I, I want to know. I want to work with you in this. And I'm going to join forces with the Holy Ghost. And we're going to see that this, this person gets set free and it comes into their destiny. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Father, I just thank you. Thank you for, in, can we thank him for involving us in his work? in the love of God like this. Thank you so much, Lord. We just praise you and thank you for having us be a part of what you were doing and that you are such a good God and a good father. And I just pray for all the people that are listening, but the people that they're going to be praying for, Lord. We send our prayers out with them and join forces with them. And we just thank you for new creatures in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. See you next time.